0: Welcome to the Cook Center Podcast, and here's your host, Michael Preston.
1: Play that. Because as was custom, actually, a nice last four seasons in a row when Washington State had beat Oregon, we played the Duck Hunt thing and all that one, the successful Duck Hunt sound, and then it just kind of all went straight down the old crapper on Saturday night. Welcome into the Coop Center Hour. Theo Lawson from the Spokesman Review going to join us here in a little bit. He's been so kind to donate some of his time after coming back from Eugene. Short show this week because we are on a buy. So we will talk a little bit about that NCAA decision uh, to start allowing uh, liken- athletes to make money off their likeness starting in 2021. Uh, and then our Dunderhead of the Week and Ask Michael Anything. Some things just always stick around. Uh, that game especially stunk for me because I was on the East Coast. <laughs> so the game didn't get over till almost a quarter to two in the more or a quarter after two in the morning. Um, but I, I guess I want to start kind of in the same vein that, that Craig and Jeff did in Podcast vs. Everyone and say, I'm pretty darn encouraged by that. Like, it sucks that the wrong things bounced the wrong way in that game that Washington State lost it. And I think if you just look at the box score, it's not as, you know, maybe as dominant a performance as I may have first thought. Oregon outgained Washington State. It took them more plays to do it. It took counting, we'll drop out the sacks by Herbert because that shouldn't count. It took 69 nice plays for Washington, for Oregon to outgain Washington State on 55 plays, including that it took, so Oregon ran 77 plays, Washington State ran 65, so 12 extra plays, and they outgained you by about 60-ish yards, so five yards, you know, what is that, I mean, four yards a play-ish, right, so I think from that standpoint, you know, maybe your thoughts about them being better are confirmed, but it kind of stinks that you have a team where for the last, especially last season, just everything broke. Everything broke the right way. Everything went the right way. Close losses and all that. And I can't remember where I saw it uh, before we cut this podcast, but in 2017 and 2018, Washington state was eight and one in one score game. So in games decided by a touchdown or less, They were eight and one this year. They're one and three, and that is the big swing the other direction, right? That we kind of talked about all year long. It's that pendulum swinging violently the other direction that you kind of just have to hope on hope doesn't happen as violently as it has. But this is the situation Washington State's in now. This offense, again, as elite as any Mike Leach has had at Washington State. Anthony Gordon averaged eight yards a pass. That touchdown pass to Brandon Arcanato, oh, baby. The first one, my God, did he put some touch on that football. It was gorgeous. Looked good again. Max Borgie, again, good in the running game. By the way, he touched it 16 times. Okay, let's, again, 16 touches. Almost double the next closest person. All right, he's getting lots. Three touchdown passes for Gordon. And again, that backbreaking interception that got returned for a touchdown. But again, this is just a case of, you know, Roderick Fisher dropping what at least looked like a pretty dang good chance of a touchdown. Arcanado dropping that touchdown pass in the end zone that, of course, Washington State would stop Oregon on that ensuing drive. But what if you don't drop it? You get another TD out of it. The two holding penalties on Liam Ryan that backed them up prior to Fisher dropping that ball. Washington State had to play as near a perfect game as they could to beat Oregon on Saturday and they dang near did it. I thought the defense played much better. Again, outside that one big run from C.J. Verdell, I thought they played pretty darn well. You saw Justin Herbert didn't have a ton of options in the passing game, he sat back there waiting, 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 waiting a lot in this game. Three sacks on the day for Washington State. That's pretty darn good. I, against that, against that offensive line, I'm pretty thrilled with that. All right, and I, I mean that legitimately. That That's a pretty darn good number. I thought... Marcus Strong had a good game. I thought he had a very good game. Jihad Woods, a little tentative at times, had a good game. Justice Rogers probably had his best game of the year. So the defense got better and you can only attribute 30 points to them in this game. But again, less than Washington gave up to Oregon, it's less than a lot of teams have given up to Oregon. But... I think looking back on it, you're going to look back and say that this is one that got away from Washington State. They should have won that football game. They, they really should have won that football game. Because the unfortunate thing is, the defense didn't, you know, it wasn't consistently good all game. First half, punt, field goal, touchdown, punt, punt, touchdown, end of half. Second half, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, punt, field goal. So they bowed up and they got tough at the right time in the fourth quarter. But again, too many scoring plays in that second half only allowed one Oregon drive to end without without a score of any kind. And no turnovers for this defense again. And it's something we've talked about in the past that if you're not going into what Alex Grinch's defense has lived off of, they weren't always necessarily the best, but they got turnovers and they put the ball in positive spots for this offense because that's really what you need on a Mike Leach football team. You just need the defense to do enough to put the ball in an advantageous position for your offense. That's all you need. But I'll, again, mirror something Craig and Jeff said. You saw a team at least kind of, you know, they got stony, right? They, they had some stones in that game. It would have been easy to roll over and die when, and a few opportunities, when Oregon got up 31 20 after a seven play or after a nine play, 75 yard clinical drive to start the fourth, to end the third quarter and start the fourth. It would have been easy to roll over. They score on the next drive. Oregon scores with 629 to go. They punt. Oregon gets the ball back. And again, you're thinking this could be the backbreaker. And that's the one drive where the defense stops Oregon in the second half. Wazoo gets the ball back. They score to go ahead. And yeah, Oregon went down, marched down the field, kicked a field goal. That sucked. That you were up one point with a minute to go in Eugene. Chance to extend the winning streak to five games. Beat a top 15 team after so much of the crap you've gone through for the last month and a half. And it doesn't happen. Bad kickoff. Not good defense again. Giving up over 7 yards of play that drive. And then a pretty easy chip shot field goal. That stinks. But on the whole, I'm encouraged. And it sucks that this team is 4-4 four and four because they are not a 4-4 four and four football team. But again, you see, you know, I, I mean, I, I really don't think it's a cop-out to say that their luck is really killing them this year. Six fumbles in that UCLA game. They get some bad luck against Oregon. Arcanado, I mean, Arcanado doesn't drop that pass and it deflects to a defender all the time, right? That just doesn't happen. So I, I I hesitate. And Mike and Mike Leach to his credit didn't after the game. He said, I thought that was the most complete game we've you know, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but it was the most complete game they've played all year. And I and I wouldn't in be inclined to agree with them. That you played that well against a team that good in their house. Yeah, you're probably pretty encouraged by that. So, I think from that standpoint... You know, and we'll talk to Theo about that. This team is getting better. They're getting better at the right time. Maybe we didn't put as much into how hard this schedule is as we should have. That from September... What, like the third week of September... To the middle of November, you play one home game. One. One home game. But the good news is, is this back third of the schedule, you're 4-4, four and four, you need to win twice to get to the postseason, and it doesn't look impossible. It looks likely. Cal is not good. They are reeling right now. Stanford got K.J. Costello back, but they're still not a great football team. Oregon State's a complete enigma, and Washington may not be very good. They might be pretty mediocre. So this team's getting good at the right time. And I do, I, we'll touch on that last drive here in a second, but I just I want to complete it by saying that I, I was pretty encouraged by that performance. That was a pretty encouraging performance. And it sucks that it they couldn't close it out. It sucks that they didn't finish the job. But I'm at least encouraged. Okay, now, that last drive. I understand, and I had the same thoughts Craig did when Tay had the ball and he is streaking downfield. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 but oh, God, 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 too much time! And in hindsight, looking at it, score when you can. Put the ball in the end zone against the top 15 team. In their house, and do it when you can do it. Don't just fall down because you think there's too much time left. Travell Harris is working on instinct when he catches that ball to go out of bounds and stop the clock. Anthony Gordon, again, with that little time on the clock, I understand the compunction, and I know Mike Leach's game management is not excellent. For Christ's sake, he had to take a time out to put in a two, you know, get the two-point team out to try two-point conversion. At a time when you were down five. His game management is not excellent. No coaches is. But it seems like his decisions have been exacerbated this year. Like in terms of their badness. But. I I, I don't think you operate in a different way there. I I don't think you go about your business any differently. Because I, I understand that you're worried about giving Oregon too much time. But you saw that defense at the end of the first half with 47... They scored with 47 seconds to go. And i will going read this drive off to you if I can scroll down to it quick enough. But it's not like Oregon went anywhere on that drive. They started on their own 35. Personal foul back to the 20. Okay, so first and 10. Pass complete for six yards. Pass complete for six yards. First down. Timeout. 17 seconds to go. Incomplete. Incomplete. Rush for 17 and a half. And that was in that rush to drop a spy and play with eight back there. And you still had to know that although Oregon rushed the ball a bit on that last drive, they were going to do some of that. The drive started better. They were 19 yards further ahead. But Washington State did blitz. They did get try to get after Herbert there. And with 52 seconds to go, I think you know the most disappointing thing is that Jack Crane's kick didn't go into the end zone like he's been so dependable to do all year. That stinks. But I, I just... It's so hard to get college kids to change in the moment. And maybe Mike Leach should tell them, look, if you get down there With about this much time left, slow down. But you're on the road against the number 11 team in the country. I, I have a hard time saying you just stop what you know how to do. That you just completely stop doing what you're doing. And you slow way down. Maybe you run it on third down with Max Borgie from the five, but you score anyway there, right? So what what's the play there? They rushed on second down. You're probably not going to do it on third down because if you're short, you're in fourth down again. Okay, but what if Borgie scores there? Now Oregon's got the ball back with even more time. So again, I understand this compunction to not want to want them to slow down. And I think the only way in which they could have done that was maybe Gordon could have snapped the ball with less time on the play clock on that first and 10 play from the 12. And maybe Borgie could have picked up the first down. But again, you I mean, you're, you're living in this, well, what if he had done this and he could have done this world? This is college football. It's not the NFL. Even NFL football players probably have a hard time with this. Score when you can do it. Score when you can do it, when you're on the road against the number 11 team in the country. It sucks, and that's just the way it broke. And I was just as disappointed. I had to take a shot of bourbon before bed at 2.30 in the morning. But, woke up to my nephew, jumping on the bed and punching me in the leg in the morning to wake up and come play with him. So, that made it better, I guess? Maybe? Whatever. Theo Lawson for the Spokesman Review joining us next here on the Coog Center. Talk a little bit more about the Cougs at this two-thirds of the way through the season, Mark. Back here on the Coug Center Hour, uh, we're joined now by the beat reporter for Washington State Football from the Spokesman Review, Theo Lawson. A man who, if I recall correctly from our conversation to quote-unquote book this interview, we don't really book interviews on the Coug Center Hour here, but uh, your flight from Portland left at 6 a.m. the day after the Oregon game.
0: Yeah, I did. I, I left. I left Odson Stadium around two a.m. that morning, and and drove straight to. Actually, I had a coworker, Dan Thompson, the spokesman, that was with me. His family was uh, staying in Vancouver, so I actually drove drove uh, back to to Vancouver, dropped him off at their house, and went straight to the to the rental car uh, rental car uh, parking lot, dropped off my rental, and uh, and boarded a flight to uh, actually first to, first to Seattle, and then from Seattle to Spokane. So I had two. So- to- 30, 45 minute flights, and uh, and then I got back to Spokane at around nine a.m.
1: Theo, did you book that yourself? I gotta I gotta ask that before we get there, we gotta go because I that is egregious, my friend. That uh, is. I did
0: book that one myself. I, I think I think there was a reason for it though. I can't remember what the reason was. Now <laughs> I, I think it either had to do with with pricing or scheduling as far as getting me back early enough. And I, I like to get back early so I can sleep and uh, and have the whole day here here, here in Spokane. So I'm, I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Sometimes our uh, okay. our HR. Uh, you know, rep books those those flights and Sometimes we get some pretty interesting ones so doing it that way. But 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 I think uh, I
1: think I'll take the fall there. Okay, yeah, I'll t- I'll tell you what. From now on, you email me first, and I will do it for you for free. And <laughs> you we can will be take my a- travel rep. Yeah, we there will take you know. care of that for you. Uh, four and four to this point, uh, Theo. I you know I I think probably a little below expectations for this team this season. Uh, but it seemed to me, and I think a lot of folks, that they had quite a bit more fight in them. In that game down in Eugene, and it was a, a closer game than I was expecting, um, and a few back-breaking mistakes really kind of tilted that game in Oregon's favor. Was that about how you saw it?
0: Yeah, you know, I really think if you if you look at the last the last three losses, that you know, I, I believe, it, I, I guess, with the exception of the Utah game, the, the Cougars probably are one or two mistakes away from from being. Seven and one, I and mean, you know, four and four, and seven and one are are, are such different, uh, you know, scenarios. And obviously, seven and one, you're you're you're, you're still contending in the pack, of north, and then still really have all your goals in front of you. But but now now at four and four, you're you're really just scratching to get to a bowl game at this point. If if, if you can't get get to six one, you know, the, 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 then maybe pick up another one or two to get to a better bowl game. So so that, that that's really what the kickers are looking at right now. But but yeah yeah, you know, I, I I I just kind of like at the first half of that game, and you know, Anthony Gordon throws a pick six. You know, Brandon Arcanado drops the ball in, the end and that 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 lands in an Oregon player. Hands and yep. uh, the, the the eighty nine year run from CJ Verdelli. I, I, I think you can look at you know probably four or five plays that 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 that, if, that, if that one play doesn't happen. The Cougars walk away with with, with an upset of the of the eleventh rec team in the country and we're talking about five straight wins over Orion and you know, everyone's everyone's uh, everyone's not happy as, as Mike Leach might say. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so you know I'm a, yeah it, 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 it's a really tough reality for this team but, but this this is still a pretty pretty young team and in, in, in a lot of aspects and so so you, you almost expect a team like that to make a few mistakes per game but every game so yeah i I believe if they can kind of eliminate those the next four games, I, I think they really have four, you know, ideally winnable games in the schedule. Even mm-hmm. if you're looking at Washington, and we were talking earlier about that. But you know, I, I, I still think this team's getting better and better. And defensively, they're, they're doing a little bit better. You still want to still want to cut out one or two explosives a game. Obviously, you can't you can't let a let a running back go 90 yards uh, untouched for a touchdown. So I, I, I still think this team is it's kind of working out some of its kinks. And you know, it's obviously a pretty new defensive secondary back there, and that those guys are still working together. Amari Marshall. At nickel that, that, you know, that, that's a change. And so, so you know, th- things aren't going to click immediately. And I, I think you're, you're starting to see some, some improvement there in defense. Yeah.
1: We'll talk about that schedule uh, here in a little bit because it's kind of something I touched on in the opening as well. You know, it's, it's four, what I think are winnable games, even that Washington game, even though we kind of don't speak – we won't speak that game normally. But um, after the game, Theo, it seemed like Mike Leach was fairly, you know, for him, effusive in his praise – Uh, For this football team, because I think I mean I talked about this earlier. It's you know there were a couple of times in that game where they could have laid down and died, and they didn't, and they came back, and they showed a little heart. They showed some stones in that game, as we like to say here. Um, He would that be kind of the correct? You know, I'm I'm asking another read on the situation questions again, but he seemed pretty darn happy, even though they didn't get the result they wanted. You go to Eugene, you lose by two on a last second field goal. I know you don't ever want to take a loss, but he seemed to be pretty happy after the game. Yeah, you know, I
0: I, I I I go back to the Utah game and his, his mood after after that game and really kind of calling out the whole team for for being you know fat dumb and happy and, and not not working hard not not having energy kind of kind of laying down and not really playing as a team everyone's kind of doing their own thing and kind of freelancing and I think he called it streetball at some point I'm uh, I'm not sure if that that was after that game or during the pressure next the, the the next week but, but but if you compare his mood from 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 after that Utah game where they they get blown up by 25 points and yeah Utah's a good team but but he also felt like he his team didn't really put forth the Effort that, that, that to make that game competitive, and I, I believe I believe Washington State think, thinks it probably can play Utah competitive because it has the past couple of years. So, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I compare his mood to that game from you know from, from that game to the Arizona State game, where after after a, kind of a, another got wrenching loss against ASU, he, he's actually in a pretty good mood. He says we we made improvements on defense, or we're playing hard, or we're fighting, and that that, yeah, that that that's also what I saw on uh, on Saturday after after the Oregon game. So yeah, I I, I think Mike Leach recognizes how close his team is and, and close to. to, to isn't good enough. I, I'm not sure anyone's going to be happy if they lose the next four games by a combined 10 points. But but at the same time, <laughs> I, I, I I I believe he he is kind of seeing some progress, and he he, he is seeing a team that's that's not just giving up when 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 Anthony Gordon throws a pick six, or when Arcanado's, uh you know a potential touchdown turns into a turns into an interception, when when Roderick Fisher drops the ball and, you know right, right, right in front of the goal line. So I I I still think he's he's, he's seeing progress. I you know I believe if, if if this team can't pick up a few more wins, the next two or three games. I, I think his tone may change again, but, but but he is in
1: progress right now. He didn't say anything after the game about Travion Brown's ejection, correct? I just want to, I, I don't think I saw, I mean, it was again, it was 2.30 in the morning for me. I wasn't too interested in staying up much later, but he didn't say anything about Travion Brown's ejection in that game for what, you know, I, I realized the letter of the law on what he was ejected on, but we're still talking about you know, an offensive ball carrier going down as Brown is going down to tackle him properly if he had stayed up type situation.
0: Yeah, my, my, Mike Leach didn't talk about that. You know, I, I actually was unfortunate to, to, to miss the entirety of Mike Leach's post-game press so I had to watch it on YouTube after I was I was uh, madly filing a, a game story and then putting it yeah, together yeah. for, for for the paper. So Mike Leach actually came out. I think I think within five to ten minutes of, of of the game being over, which which usually isn't the case. It usually takes about fifteen to twenty minutes between the locker room speech and um, I'm I'm unsure of a, a, a few different media things in the field and and, and whatnot, meeting meet, meet, meet people after the game. So I, I wasn't able to catch it and 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 and, and ask Leach about. I, I think we're we're supposed to be talking to him Thursday, so so maybe that's an opportunity to, to ask a little bit about that. But but I I, I can almost bet that he, he probably won't want to talk about that because he, he doesn't <laughs> want to give get give over money to money to the conference as he always says and doesn't want to get a, get, a, get a get a fine. But 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 that obviously is a very tough, uh, tough 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 call there because like you mentioned Trayvon Brown obviously wasn't doing anything malicious there. He's, he's 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 a true freshman. I'm not I'm not sure that that's the kind of player he is. And so um you no know, yeah I, 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 I believe it is tough when the ball carrier does lower his head, is is, is almost crouching and, and and maybe falling, falling falling, toward, to, uh, falling to the ground there, and then Trayvon Brown has to make a play and has to make the tackle, and obviously lowering your head and and then you know, making contact like that is, is probably the only way to bring bring the ball carrier down in, in that scenario. So I I believe if if, if you really like the the the, the, uh, the, the targeting rule, that the, the, there probably are a few things that they can look at. I, I think it is case by case, but I think it is pretty obvious when when something is malicious, and that mm-hmm. that that head certainly certainly didn't seem to be So it's a really tough break for, 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 for Treyvion Brown. There, and maybe they could have used him in the second half, but, but at the very least, it, it did happen in the first half. So, so they do get him back for for the Cal game. And yeah. That, 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 that's really crucial with the uh, the lack of linebacker depth without Dylan Sherman, Dom Silvils and um, you know Jahad Woods. Every other game seems like he's he's coming off the off the field for player two. So he, I believe he's, he's been nicked up for, for for quite a while now. So I, 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 I kind of need all the all the bodies you can at that spot
1: uh speaking of uh kind of like leaders on this team you mentioned Jahad woods on the defense but i i kind of feel like and you said earlier you know so much of the defense excuse me learning as they go here and you kind of have to without you know with a new defensive coordinator uh later on in the season it kind of seems to me that you know it's anthony gordon's one year to start he's kind of learning still how to be a leader a little bit for this football team i know the broadcast mentioned he like threw up <laughs> or something at one point in the game because he was so intense and he was like, so, we're going to go out and win this football game. Ah, barf into a garbage can. Uh, it, 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 does it seem to you, too, that he's still kind of, you know, I mean, I know he's confident in interviews and he seems cocky and confident and sure of himself, which is good. You want that in an air raid quarterback, but it seems like he's still kind of learning how to do this, right? And I, I mean, I know he's Richard Sr., but he's he's – He's got four more games to learn it, but he's kind of had to learn as he goes here.
0: Yeah, I think the thing you have to consider with Anthony Gordon is he has still eight games into being being a starting quarterback at the Pac-12 level, and you know Gardner Minshew last year he came in as such a leader, but but he had led teams before. He had been a starting quarterback in Northwest Mississippi at East Carolina, and so so he really had some experience leading huddles and was obviously really sure of himself. And I'm already kind of had that personality to begin with. Anthony Gordon doesn't really have that. He's... you know. can kind of call him the, the laid back surfer guy from from Pacifica, California who who is more 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 quiet and reserved but, but, but he can kind of talk trash on the field and doesn't doesn't mind uh, doesn't mind talking to the to, to the defense and so yeah bye, 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 bye. The, the, the the one the one takeaway I had for, for, from watching the HBO special in Washington State last week was was Anthony Gordon's leadership actually that the, the, the there were a few scenes during that segment where, where you, 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 you you kind of see him uh, yelling on the sideline and kind of you know leading lead the huddle a little bit you know make, I mean, I, 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 Encouraging his offensive teammates, so you know, I, I, I believe it's it's something that he, that he has become more comfortable with. I, I still I still think there is room to grow there. I still think that it's still still think the the offense really needs a bona fide leader like that. Gardner Minshew was was such a bona fide leader last year, and I I, I believe I believe that you know every, everyone on that offense would have would have, would have done anything he asked to, asked them to do. And so I I, I believe this that, that this team really respects Anthony Gordon. They they really like Anthony Gordon, and I I, I I think they're I think they're 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 they're, they're the kind of team that, that that would also follow him anywhere. So yeah, I. I still think still think he has room to run the field. I still think you mm-hmm. can some some of those uh, some of those interceptions and and and, and kind of improve his improve his decision making. But, but but I have seen 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 him seen him take some some, some steps forward. Uh, Leadership wise, he, he, he's obviously a lot louder after after eight games than, than he was the, the the first week of the season. I believe.
1: Yeah, I talked about this uh, kind of during our opening, Theo, and I you know. We all knew this schedule for like, it, it was, it's been out for like 10 months or however long it's been out for. And I, I guess I kind of discounted, you know, yeah, it stinks to only have the one home game for basically two months. But between the road games, you get a bye. And although those are your tough games, you still get a week off. And so you get to come home, relax a little bit, and then get back into practice. You get a little more time to prepare for each uh, Cal and Arizona State, respectively. But is is it just me or does it seem like... We shouldn't have, you know, I'm, I mean, the royal we, not you or I specifically, but although maybe me specifically because I did. Um, but does it seem like we shouldn't have discounted the lack of home games from basically September 22nd till November 18th? Because I mean, it's basically two months with one home game smack in the middle of that. And these are still college kids. Is it kind of wearing on them a little bit, you think, at this point?
0: Yeah, and you know, I I'm, I'm not really sure how much of a factor that is, but 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 I but, but I do think it it is it, it is very weird schedule it's obviously really hard to get into a rhythm when when you are playing, you know, two road games by a week, you know, home game, uh, you know, road game by a week and another road game. So yeah, I I I, I I, I, I'm, 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 I'm sure the Cougars are eager to get back home after after the call game for 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 the, the, the final two against Stanford and Oregon State, and then and then, and then maybe later late in the season you, you 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 can possibly look at those those final two home games that, that ideally they win, and you can say well we we were able to to, to, to to close with 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 two home wins and then really build some momentum going into, going to into the Apple Cup, so so maybe that's a positive thing that the that the Cougars can draw from late in the season, but 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 you know for for now it is, it is a very weird deal, and I, I uh, really I really think everyone on the team really had, really had kind of a Better taste in their mouth after losing that UCLA game at home, and so so you know not not having not having an opportunity the next week or the week after that to really kind of salvage that win in front of salvage that loss in front in front of their home fans was 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 probably really tough. And obviously they they, they were able to take advantage of, of the Colorado game and win at home. You really had to win that game at home. So yeah, I I I think I think going forward you, you, you probably look at the last the last two home games as, 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 as meth one games. And obviously you, you want to do that in front of your fan base. But 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 it, it is a really weird schedule. I've never seen this kind of stretch where, where I think it's Fifty-six days with, 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 with only with only one home game between yeah. UCLA and, and Stanford with, with the Colorado game there that they're, they're scoring in the middle. So you know, I I, I think it is tough but, but at the same time that that's kind of the nature of college football. And last year, the last year I believe the, the schedule was so favorable for for Washington State where you played Utah, Oregon, Cal all at home and. You know, this year is obviously, obviously a little bit different. So, yeah, I, I, I just think it's just, just, just kind of the nature of the beast. I and mean, you have to kind of adjust as you go. And so, I I, I believe this this team still has still has some some, some opportunities to, to, to climb some some tougher road wins. And they, they, they've been real close the last two.
1: So, we'll kind of see where it goes from here. Speaking of uh, those last four games, Theo, uh, I, I look at this team after that game against Oregon, I feel better I think a lot of people do about the progress they've made since uh, the week after that Utah game. So since the first week of this month, it seems like in just like, you know, 30 days, they've come quite a long way. I think you probably look at three of these four games you mentioned. I mean, you got to win two of them, obviously, but you look at all four and you don't look at any of them and go, that's an automatic loss, especially, I mean, it feels weird to say that about the Apple Cup, but... Washington is really struggling comparatively uh, this year, but you certainly look at a Cal team that's trying to decide what the heck to do at quarterback. They've got no weapons on offense. Stanford did get KJ Costello back, but they are still really struggling this year. And Oregon State's got a great offense, but an absolutely aberrant defense, worse than Colorado. So you kind of look at the next three, and it's kind of weird to say of this team right now at 4-4, and they should win their next three, right?
0: Yeah, you know, I, 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 I believe especially especially the, the, those two home games against uh, against Stanford and Oregon State. You know, I'm not I'm not sure what Stanford's going to look like at look like look like at the quarterback position. Um, I, I believe KJ Costello played in that last game against uh, against Arizona, so I I, 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 I would assume he, he plays against the Cougars that, that uh, up the, up there in Pullman. So I'm not I'm not I'm not really sure what what, what that's going to look like. I, I I believe I believe they're they they're, they're they're a much better team with with the mix, obviously. So. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about their backup, so, so hopefully maybe, maybe something happens to them before then. But, but yeah. I, 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 I still to look at the, the, the two home games as, 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 as games the Cougars have to win. And Stanford, Stanford, I, I, I believe, playing and playing in Pullman in November, I, I think the last time they came up there, it, it was the first time they had played, played a snow game in, in like 40 or 50 years. So I'm not, yeah, I'm they not sure. It had it'd been
1: even longer than that. Yeah, it had been, it'd been yeah, maybe, maybe it was
0: more like 70 or 80 years. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure that, that setting really suits, suits a team like Stanford that, that that's not going to be used. to That we kind of saw how that affected Arizona, the the, the, the second to last game this season, and you know Gardner Minshew go, go, goes and throws seven touchdowns, and then they, they they're really rallied to kind of stomp and stomp and beat Arizona. So you know I I I believe Cal Cal right now is a very beautiful team. I I think I I, I think I think I saw something on on Twitter where where, where, where they've played something like seven or eight quarterbacks uh, uh, dating back to last year. So so, so they really yeah and,
1: literally every quarterback that has been on their roster has played.
0: Right, yeah. right, and then I, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm sure the best one is Chase Garbers, but, but, but you know but behind Chase Garbers, is the, there 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 really is quite a drop off between him and then second quarterback, third quarterback on the list. And Chase Garbers, it looks like probably will be out for, for for quite some time, so you you don't really have a lot of confidence that Cal's offense is is, is going to come out and score 30 to 40 points in the Cougars as as bad as the Cougars have been on defense. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure Cal's really a team you have to worry about scoring a lot of points in that game, and I, I believe Washington State did you know that despite how good Cal's defense is, you know they the, they're they going to have to worry. about about Evan Weaver and some of those really good Cal DBs, but but I, but I believe Washington State probably still can score twenty to thirty points if, if if they play the cards the right way and kind of avoid turnover, So I I I do feel pretty good about their chances of getting a win next week in Berkeley and Stanford and Oregon State are obviously winnable games that the Cougars always seem to score about fifty to sixty points against Oregon State, and you know, I, I think yeah. that's the game that uh, Anthony Gordon probably throws five to six touchdowns because that that that's just how things have, have gone against Oregon State that they've never really shown an answer to the air, answer for the Oregon offense, and what what well, 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 Oregon State is is. Pretty good offense for themselves with with Jake Lew and Isaiah Hodge, and Jamar Jefferson if he's back. So I I I, I think Oregon State might be a team that can score between between 30 and 40 points, but but, but I think Washington State can, can, can really kind of roll, roll, roll up points against the Beavers and just, you know, score 40 to 50 get 40, 40 to 50 points in that game and, and and really run away with that one as as they have the last the last four or five years. So I I, I really I really think especially the next three games you, you probably have to get to six ones before before the apple cup because you obviously can't count on count on beating Washington Washington to, no. to get bowl eligible, so um, Washington does look, look like a more more beatable team this year. I, I, I'm not really sure which team which team is going to show up for, for that game. We, we obviously saw the team that that, that, that hung 50 points against uh, 50 points against Arizona a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and then they play, 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 played a pretty pretty competitive game against Oregon. was was really really the first team to to, to, to really kind of score on on Oregon's defense. So uh, yeah, I believe I believe Washington does does have some potential. I, I I think they're 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 probably a little bit better of a team than the record indicates, but, but, but they, 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 they certainly are beatable, and despite the, the, the few struggles against them, I, 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 I think this is this probably among the best that, that, that Leach has had, and I, I, I think the defense having about another month to really kind of figure things out, I, I, I think that bodes well, and I, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be a lot better the last game of the season
1: than they have the last two or three. The world's biggest Paul Petrino fan, Theo Lawson from the Spokesman Review, thank you for joining us, sir.
0: Yep, thank you for having me.
1: Now, you didn't even. Yeah, you didn't even bite on that one. Good for you. <laughs> well, thanks again to Theo Lawson for taking some time out of his relaxing week. I hope it's a relaxing week for him. He gets a bye, too. We all do. Um, the NCAA this week uh, said basically they're going to give in eventually here, in at least uh, a, over a year from now. Uh, To the name image likeness, allowing athletes to make money off of that. And I I think we talked about before that given the legislation coming from the states, you kind of saw this coming. The NCAA had to do something because not only did California, where most of their member institutions are in, you know, D1, D2, D3. Other states had expressed interest and were going to pass legislation to enact it sooner than California. But also to do it down the line. And I think what you saw was state legislatures putting that pressure on the NCAA to just do something about it. Because if if you're not going to, we will. And the last thing the NCAA needs is to try to fight this in court 25 times and to have states where the rules are different... So athletes are dealing with different rules in different states and, you know, if you get into the tax situation, have a different tax situation, all this other crap. So it's just easier to create a blanket rule for all NCAA institutions and student-athletes. And I I think we all know what my feelings are on this and that student-athletes need to be able to make money off their name, image, and likeness because at a bare minimum... Someone is using your identity to make money and not compensating you fairly for that. And again, look, I, I get the argument of they get a scholarship, they are being compensated. But as we've talked about before, you know, like what is the fair value of a scholarship? Because the school says it's worth this much, but is it really worth that much? And is it, you know, kids are steered into majors that are easy so they can focus on their athletics more. And student athletes aren't treated the same way in terms of transfers and their scholarships. And everything else that other students are treated at universities. And I, I think the biggest trouble I had with it is, again, as we've said before, you look at basically a cabal that is making millions and millions and millions of dollars. The NCA makes hundreds of millions of dollars each and every year off of March Madness. Member institutions make millions of dollars off TV contracts and all this other stuff. And for me, it just doesn't add up that these kids aren't at least getting some cut of it. And I also understand that there are going to be growing pains with this. And I think what you're seeing is schools are very concerned with money that would originally be donated to them, just going to the athletes. You know, if I, if I have a business, I just want to pay the athlete to be my spokesperson. And I look, I get that if you're the school, you're seeing that scholarship money disappear. But for me, it's just not an excuse that these kids still have a right to that stuff. And I understand that there are still kinks to work out. There are still issues that need to be worked through with this. But that doesn't mean you don't do it. And the NCAA is giving themselves over a year to figure it out, which is good. You don't want to try to figure this out quick, right? But I think the thing that concerns me more is that they had five years from the end of the Ed O'Bannon case to know that this train is coming down the tracks. You're not going to avoid this for forever. It's going to happen eventually. And they didn't do anything about it. You had all this time to figure it out, to get a framework around it, and you didn't figure it out. Because... Yeah, uh, no, we're not going to worry about it. It'll be fine. It really was never going to be. The kids were going to figure it out, figure out a way to, you know, ram it through the court system eventually or state legislatures were going to do it for you. And the NCAA has wisely chosen that they don't want different rules in 50 different states. They want a uniform set of rules. And I, you know, I don't know exactly what this means For Washington State Athletics, I do know that it's not the school directly paying these kids. So anyone who's against that, this still isn't really that. And I've expressed in the past that I'm not for the institutions just paying the kids outright. But it's at least giving them license over who they are. You know what I mean? Like, I am Michael Preston. My face, my bad hair, my gut... Who I am, me. It is my brand, and I have agency over who I am, how much I get paid for what I do, you know, as much as I can. You know, the world's the world, and the works work, but whatever. I I have the right to go make money off of this voice, my face, whatever. SB Nation can't stop me from doing that. Just because I work for them. But the NCAA makes you sign a scholarship that says, we get to make all the money we want to off of who you are, and you don't get a penny of it. You get a scholarship, though. That ain't fair. That really is not fair. And I I don't know the full implications, again, for WSU yet, but for me, that's not a reason to not do it. If the implication is that, you know, the gap gets even wider between the haves and the have-nots. It's as wide as it probably can be at this point anyway i know what washington state is and it's not an institution that's going to be competing for national championships on a yearly basis and you know that too all right we're going to figure this all out together i mean that's kind of how it's going to go but i saw someone on social media the other day make a really good point about it and i i think it's a good point there have been like 30 things that people thought would be the end of college football or college athletics. World War II, the forward pass, television, uh, you know, cost of living, scholarships even back in the day. And it's flourished. I really don't think this is the end of college athletics as we know it. And you're going to find out that Yeah, it's going to change things. But how dramatically it changes things is up in the air. And we're all going to find out together, like I said. Dunderhead of the Week time. A very melancholy dunderhead uh, this week to Ron Fairley, who passed away. Wednesday I believe he was 81 uh, years old the former Mariners color announcer for so many years and so much a part of my childhood and so many good memories of Mariners baseball I know his analysis was very homey and country in a way and he said the obvious things and all that good jazz, but he was just a guy who had such enthusiasm and love for the game and you could t- it came through when he talked that he just loved baseball so incredibly much and the enthusiasm was infectious and you know, I, I, I love the, I, I do have a Ron Fairley impression of the, oh, that's a good play by the shortstop, why? Because he got the out, like I, I, I know, it's obvious, but it, it was infectious to me. And he and Dave Niehaus worked so well together and made such a pair uh, for so many years on the radio. And it was so enjoyable to listen to them when I was younger on the way home. Because I I couldn't stay the whole game. I was very little. And my dad was not interested in hauling a very tired seven-year-old home at like, you know, 9.30 at night. So we would listen to them on the way home. And it was always, it was just something that was comforting and a thing of my childhood that I, I can't forget. Because it was so ingrained in me being able to listen to the two of them. Uh, on the way home so many times so uh, Ron I hope you're resting easy why because you deserve it my friend ask Michael anything time a light week for ask me anything not surprised. surprise it's a bye week at 99 Coug 4 and 4 win the bye I agree we all win this week will WSU ever run inside the 7 to score in bird clock we talked about that earlier I just like you're not gonna get away from who you are it's just, it's not going to happen And again. It requires falling down inside the two where the first down marker is because if Borgie breaks it and scores a touchdown more times on the clock, it's it's complicated. It's hard. I, but, so, I just put the ball in the end zone. At Totes McStoe's Pumpkin Stowe Lante, how many teams did the CFP have to expand to for the pack to get a representative this season? Probably only to eight. I think Oregon, Utah probably gets in if you expand it to eight utah for as crazy as lee corso was during week zero if they win out they have a shot that non-conference schedule is awful though and they're going to need some help ahead of them but they have an outside chance if they can win out they got to dominate washington the saturday though i think they can so that would do it at nvr or sports with neil wc women's soccer stan account have you ever been to a game at Cal? If so, what pregame bar should we hit up? Uh, I have been to a game at Cal. I won't tell you which one it was. It was the really bad one. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple of good bars like right south the campus. I can't remember the names of them, but they seem pretty Coog heavy. I don't think Berkeley's like a a big tailgating spot. Uh, that, that fan base doesn't strike me as a as the type that tailgates in like lawns or at bars. It strikes me as the kind that does it at like vineyards or. At home with hummus platters and cheese plates. Oh, there's nothing wrong with hummus platters and cheese plates. I do love both of those things. Um, and as I usually do, I'm kind of like stalling to get there. Pappy Sports Bar, uh, Grill and Sports Bars, where we went, they were pretty good. I liked them. Relatively cheap drinks, especially for the San Francisco area. That uh, worked out rather nicely uh, as well. So I would, I would probably go there, stick with there uh, as well. At the last Zoom, Max Corgi, winter weather or winter warmer or spice beer. I have no idea what Winter Warmer is. I'm going to go with Spice Beer then? I don't know. At Salem Coog, Darnold's Ghosts Fall Guy. So did Max Borgie get too many touches again this week, or are we back to not enough? I And that's a good question. We tease because it's like everybody seems to want to give him touches all the time. He got 16. That's probably plenty. More, I don't know. I just... Whatever. <laughs> so over at this point with that. With that with people talking about that it just it gets to be too much and if you can touch the ball more great if not whatever we got some really talented receivers at WSU Brady 27 Vegas bowl bound how much booze do you think a casino in Vegas has and would it be possible for WSU to pick one and drink it dry you're gonna have to go with one of the smaller ones right probably one of the ones downtown or Casino Royale on the strip that's the only one on the strip I can think of slots of fun maybe that pile of Dirt, uh, yeah. And then I don't think so. I love our fan base so very much, but they gotta have a lot of booze on hand at those casinos. The amount they're giving out for free, still. Yeah, I, I would say, probably not. But how many, how much booze specifically? I mean, God, you gotta think the equivalent of at least like a thousand fifths of liquor and dozens upon dozens of kegs of beer right that you have to have on hand same like goes for wine i don't know where you store it all or maybe you get daily deliveries if you're small i don't know i don't know the logistics of booze in a vegas casino something i'd like to know something they'd probably like us not to know though enjoy the bye weekend talk to your family i'm going to reno to watch a football game and gamble so i'm gonna have a good time i can investigate reno casinos i'll ask when i'm down there drunk at one of the morning playing craps see you next week on the kook center hour